Hello everybody. This sermon is the 12th in our series looking at the book of Acts. Today we are in Acts 18 beginning at verse 23 through to verse 7 of chapter 19 and we're looking at an explanation of faith. I want to begin with a few questions. I love Bible quizzes and this one is going to see how much we know about the Holy Spirit. Don't worry, I'm not going to expose you for a wrong answer. Just see how much you know. Question one. How many fruit of the Spirit are there listed in Galatians 5? The answer is nine. Question two. Who is the first person it says in the Bible was filled with the Spirit. It was Bezalel in Exodus 31. Question three. How many days after the resurrection did the Holy Spirit arrive on the disciples? The answer is 50 at Pentecost. Question four. Complete this verse. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not blank to Christ. The answer is, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. That is Romans 8 verse 9. Final question, question 5. Complete this verse. Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will... Blank. The answer is, Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is Acts 2.38. Okay, so that was a bit of fun. I guess it shows us that we could all learn a little more about the Bible. There's always more to know about God and his word. But it is also more serious. As question four showed, there is a knowing that surpasses academic knowledge. It doesn't matter too much if you know every fact about the Holy Spirit in the Bible. But it really does matter if we know him personally or not. If we know the spirit living within us, working in our heart, comforting us, guiding us, empowering us. If we do not know whether the Holy Spirit is within us, then we must ask ourselves the question, do we belong to Christ? Romans 8 teaches us that it is the spirit within us that will raise us to eternal life. Without the spirit, we are lost. As Christians, we can know for definite whether we are a Christian or not. And whether the Holy Spirit is at work within us is the key question. Now, everybody experiences the spirit in different ways. 
Some have very overt gifts. Some have very emotional experiences. Some have none of these, but a quiet assurance or a keen conscience and a growing love for God. The Spirit works in different ways, but we do experience it. We can know if the Spirit is there. Our passage today revolves around this. In it, we meet people who might know a lot about the facts of faith. They might be able to win a Bible quiz, but they do not know the Holy Spirit personally. To Paul and his companions, this lack of the Spirit is so serious, something has to be done fast to help them. As we listen, I want us to ask ourselves the important question. Are we aware of the work of the Spirit in us? And if not, remember that final verse that I quizzed you about. Repent and be baptised every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is a promise of God for all who believe. The Holy Spirit is on offer to us all. And at the end of this sermon, you can pray and respond. So bearing all of that in mind, let us now look at our passage together. In verse 23, the first verse of our reading, something exciting happens. Paul sets out on his third great missionary journey around the Mediterranean. After a brief respite in his home church of Antioch, he sets out for Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was the major city of Asia Minor, the capital of the region, a place of great strategic importance. And Paul had stopped there briefly on his way home from Corinth, long enough to drop Priscilla and Aquila off there. But he himself had swiftly returned home to Antioch, no doubt vowing to return. Remember, Paul had wanted to go to Ephesus before, but God had shut the door that time. And because of the vision of the man calling Paul to Macedonia, he had travelled to Europe instead. So this time, on his third journey, he sets out intent on spending serious time evangelising and church planting in Ephesus. But straight away we see that to get there, he takes the long route through Galatia. He does that so he can encourage the churches he set up on his first missionary journey. Churches such as Lystra and Iconium and Derby. We see here then that Paul had a great pastoral heart. He was a a real encourager of the new churches and new Christians. Anyway, as Paul is taking his detour to the city, Luke tells us what is going on in Ephesus as Priscilla and Aquila await his arrival. These verses at the end of chapter 18 prepare us for the strange things that happen when Paul does indeed arrive in Ephesus. They also introduce us to another Christian missionary who had a huge impact on the early church. His name was Apollos. Now, Apollos is one of those fascinating characters in early Christianity whom we wish we knew more about. Paul himself clearly had a very great respect for him. 
After this episode in Ephesus, Apollos went to Corinth to nurture the new Christians that Paul had helped convert there and had a large impact in that difficult city. Apollos became an important leader in the early church. And here in this passage, we get to see why. We're told that he was a learned man with thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke with great fervour. Indeed, he taught about Jesus accurately. So here is a man that seems to have it all to be a great teacher, discipler and pastor. But yet, when Priscilla and Aquila heard Apollos speaking with great boldness in the synagogue, they very quickly realised that he still lacked something. Something really important. But what was it? What was it that Apollos did not know and therefore did not teach very well when he first arrived in Ephesus? Well, at the heart of the problem was Apollos' lack of understanding about Christian baptism. Baptism in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Baptism like Jesus' own baptism, where the Spirit is given to equip and empower the disciple. Apollos knows a lot about Jesus. He knows he is the Messiah. He must have followed his story from ministry to crucifixion to resurrection. But verse 25 tells us that he himself still only knew John's baptism. Clearly no one has told him that from the day of Pentecost onwards, the church has been welcoming people through baptism in the name of Jesus and the Trinity. He hasn't realised that God has been pouring his Holy Spirit into all followers of Jesus, anywhere, everyone, anyone who believes in Jesus can be baptised and receive the Holy Spirit. This is vital because no one could sustain a life of discipleship without the Holy Spirit. No one can even get close to living a life of ministry like Apollos seems to desire without the Spirit dwelling within them. So noticing his shortage, Priscilla and Aquila quickly invite him into their home and teach Apollos what he lacks. And notice that the impact of this is immediate. Apollos leaves their house and travels to Achaia, the province where Corinth was the capital, and he has a huge effect for God there. He teaches the new believers. He evangelizes the Jews. He proves to them from the scriptures who Jesus was. There is no doubt coming to understand the work of the Spirit and to know the Spirit personally within himself had a huge impact on Apollos. It's a great change. So what then do we here on Isla in 2020 need to learn from this story? Well, we need the Holy Spirit. That is first and foremost. But we also learn that the path of Christian growth and development is different for different people. Just as human beings grow to maturity at different paces, with some making giant strides in one area while having to catch up later in others, So it seems to be with the church and the journey of maturing discipleship. Apollos was a teacher before he knew the spirit. That is irregular at best. 
What we have to ensure then as believers is that we are always open, ready to learn, ready to go deeper, ready for God to reveal more from his scriptures, ready for God to show us new things, even from unlikely sources. Notice here in this story that Priscilla gets mentioned before her husband Aquila. It seems that most of Apollos' teaching in the faith came from a woman. That was, and still sadly is in some places, controversial. Discipleship is truly unpredictable at times. God can always surprise us and take us deeper. Let us ask ourselves then, are we eager to learn more about our faith? Are we teachable? Are we keen to know more of God in our lives? Or are we blasé thinking we know all that we need to? Knowing our faith better enables us to serve others better, as shown by Apollos in Achaia and by Priscilla and Aquila opening their home and having such an impact on Apollos. We need to read the Bible more. We need to sit under teaching more. In fact, as often as we can, it's really important. And of course, if we're able, we must be willing to share our faith with those who long to know more whenever we get the chance. So in Apollos, we have seen a highly educated preacher and teacher who needed to find out more about his faith and his God. And rather than chastising and rebuking him for his deficiencies, Priscilla and Aquila took him into their home, nurtured him by God's grace into a fully-fledged evangelist. Now, if this was true of Apollos, it should be no surprise to us that when Paul himself finally arrives in Ephesus, he also finds 12 disciples in a very similar position. Perhaps these 12 had been taught by Apollos before he'd come to a correct understanding of baptism and so had picked up his deficiencies. Who knows? But regardless, when Paul arrives, he finds these 12 who clearly want to follow God, but have no experience of the Holy Spirit at all. They haven't even heard of the Spirit. They've been baptised as John baptised, In other words, they've recognised their sin and repented of it. Yet somehow they've not come to believe in Jesus as Saviour and Lord. They've not invited him into their lives. They've not experienced his transforming power. So Paul immediately teaches them about Jesus. He teaches them that since Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is available to all who believe and he baptises them in the name of Jesus. And this we read in verse 7, the Holy Spirit comes upon them in a powerful way. They receive gifts of the Spirit and their lives are transformed. It is a joyous moment, but oh so wonderfully irregular. Since Pentecost, the model for coming to faith is quite simple. Repentance for sin, faith in Christ, water baptism, gifts of the Spirit. These men had been baptised, but not into Christ. Therefore, the order of their initiation was slightly different. But isn't that always the way with local church life? No matter how much teaching goes on, some miss the point. No matter how much wise pastoral care takes place, people do bizarre things. 
no matter how accurate the church tries to be, sometimes things still happen in ways that are, to say the least, irregular. It is a reminder to us all that we all need to keep learning. We all need to keep going deeper. There may be people listening to this who have been a Christian for years and never been baptised. You should be. There may be people who know all the stories about God, but still need to invite the Holy Spirit into their lives and experience for themselves his transformation. As I said at the beginning, everybody experiences the Holy Spirit in different ways, but this passage shows us that you really can know whether you have received him or not. If you feel empty today, if you lack the fullness of God, allow yourself to be prayed for. Invite the Spirit into your life. We would love to pray that with someone today. To conclude then, I want to finish like I began with some questions. This time they are ones that we need to ask ourselves honestly. What is our attitude as believers? Are we hungry for more of God? Do we want to know him more and experience him more? Do we long for the spirit to be coursing through us, anointing our lives with the presence of God? If we do, let us pray and ask for more of the spirit in our lives. Have we set ourselves up as know-it-alls that God has got nothing more to say to us? Or are we seeking the scriptures, eager for teaching? Are we open to discipleship and nurture? If we are, let us open our Bibles. Come to the Bible study on a Wednesday. Use some study notes. We can provide them for you. Have we been baptised or not? If not, why not? We would love to baptise you here. I guess to sum all these up, where are we on our journey with God? Are we drawing closer to him, getting more excited by him day by day? Or are we stagnant and stationary? Are we even heading the wrong way? Many of us are feeling jaded at the moment by this crisis. Let us ask ourselves these questions to start turning things around. What does God want to work on with us? If we are open to God revealing more, we in turn will become more like Priscilla and Aquila. We'll be more gracious and patient with everyone. We will not criticise or condemn those who know less of their scriptures or those who are coming to God in a slightly irregular way. Instead, we'll be ready to encourage each other, read scripture together, grow together. We'll walk the journey to maturity in Christ together and see as a result, many more join us on the way. Let's pray for that too.